Hello, darlings. We're back after a brief hiatus. We hope you missed us. We missed you. Just to let you know that having been on hiatus for a little while, we are perhaps a little rusty with uh, using the recording platform and tools that we usually use. Uh, so this is actually a recorded Zoom call, which means that the quality in some places is a little dodgier than we would like. Uh, so we hope you will bear with us. We hope you will forgive us as you have done many times in the past. Um, it's great to be back. We've got a great interview with Robert Garnham and uh, yeah, hope you enjoy it and uh, hope you don't find some of the sound issues too distracting. <laughs> Welcome to the Dead Darlings podcast. I'm Rebecca Cooney. I'm Laurie Eves. And I'm Hannah Hutzber. Dead Darlings is a monthly podcast for the spoken word poetry community. Each month we'll be bringing you interviews, tips, inspiration and above all awesome poetry from the spoken word scene. We'll also be telling you what's on and where you can submit your work. This month we'll be interviewing Robert Garnham. And we'll be hearing a poem from Hannah Gordon which is a tribute to Dean McKee, a poet who has gone but not forgotten. And we'll be giving you a sneak preview of our book review episode, where we'll be chatting about Wife by Tiffany Yannick. That episode will be out later this month. But first, what have you been up to since the last episode, which for us, we haven't really recorded an episode properly, a proper actual episode since May. That's quite a while. Let's start with Rebecca. What have I been up to? Obviously, we did the uh, Dead Darlings Fringe. That was awesome. Um, We did. I have since been to several live poetry events and it's been wonderful. Um, Mm -hmm. I just, I miss being able to taste what the audience is thinking, you know, while you're performing. It's just (laughs) being able to taste the audience. You can't, well, that too. Um, But, you know, just, yeah, it was just, it's just been lovely. And, you know, and I think they've been, so uh my first my first show back i was performing it was actually the roundhouse slam final um yeah because i got free tickets through work which never happens when you write for the charity (laughs) sector you never get freebies but i have yeah i happened to be speaking to the roundhouse about like how they how they coped during the pandemic and i happened to mention oh you know i think the slam is great and the the you know all the poetry stuff that you do is great and they were like oh would you like tickets and i was like yes Yes, I would. Um, <laughs> I would have invited you guys, but it was my mum's birthday, so she got first dibs. It's um, fair enough. Yeah. I'll um, take your mama out all night. Yes. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, no, it was, uh, so that was great. And then we've had Genesis. Genesis has been back. Mm-hmm. And that was wonderful. Um, even though I got kicked out in the first round, which always happens if I bring guests. If people come to see me, oh, no. I will get kicked out in the first round. That always happens. Gonna... I thought you were going to say you get kicked out in the first round if Laurie is in charge of calculating the scores. (laughs) Oh, are you (laughs) confessing to something? Are we admitting to something here? Yeah, I was like, I just don't want Rebecca this time. That's it. She's out. No, no. obviously it's not. Not enough poems about root vegetables. Hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, yeah, that's been great. Spoken Word London we've been to. Um, Mm -hmm. All of us kind of a sort of a, a test event to kind of bring it back safely, which um, yeah. because it is in a basement dive bar, which is not terribly well ventilated. But I thought that, I thought mm. Hannah did a fantastic job of sort of making sure it was mm-hmm. safe. Um, yeah. So, yeah, so that's been amazing. Um, yeah. 
lots of good stuff and yeah the, the world is slowly starting to wake up oh i featured at um poetry at your place this weekend in new zealand mm-hmm. that was awesome so yeah i feel like i've had a mix of the good shit from the pandemic like online slams but also the real life stuff is coming back and that's mm. really exciting and wonderful so yeah nice mm. cool real life poetry gigs real awesome. life poetry gigs hannah how about you i've only been to a couple of real life poetry gigs uh one of which was spoken word london which was incredible and awesome to be back and mm-hmm. one of them was a book launch so it was a little bit different it wasn't kind of like aha i'm right back in the groove of things but just yeah performing and seeing yeah seeing people's reactions to things and i've written a few things that just haven't had an outing so it's mm-hmm. been really great to actually finally road test something that i thought was like very good but it's like a year old now and no one's seen it live you feel like you still have to say new shit even though it's about 18 months old right yeah yeah um i I also just find that i'm sorry i also find that i'm a bit because i haven't written as much as i would have liked over the last few months every time i go perform i'm like this stuff is so old it's such old hat and it's like no it's just actually just before the pandemic you had done Mm. it a few times but it just yeah you're used to it um but yeah like I just I'm I, I'm quite bored with some of my stuff but like yeah mm-hmm. just need to get out and write more I guess um yeah. sorry Hannah you were saying um yeah and actually on that note I have not written anywhere near as much as I normally would which I think is just you know psychologically a we're not getting the sort of new things coming to us we're not yeah. bumping into new things ideas surprising whatever yeah. we used to but also yeah I think not I used I haven't so much from online events come back being like oh that's given me five good ideas and I'm gonna start yeah exactly exactly um I have started to get the odd little bit I feel like I'm sort of waking up a bit but on that note I am now doing the red sky sessions run by apples and snakes nice. which mm-hmm. is workshops um and I didn't do it last time because I wasn't sure if I counted as sort of it's for sort of new and emerging or sort of yeah but they've been quite loose haven't they with the yeah with yeah if you want to do it you probably can (laughs) yeah i think they've got a big enough platform that it is just sort of webinars so i think like you know you doesn't cost them anything for you to turn up you know so it turns out they've got i think it was 450 places so initially they said if you've if you've been it's if you've been uh been a semi-professional poet, I can't remember what term they said for like the last five years. And I was like, when did I get my first paid gig? That was over five years ago, but I've never been able to pay my rent with it. So I think yeah. they still can. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so that, that's that been really good for starting to get more stuff done. And if it comes around again, apply. You can probably get in. Um, yeah. And they're recording them all this, this time. I've also signed up for it, but I'm planning to use it more as a resource this time mm-hmm. than last time. Last time it was like every Wednesday, I've got to eat my dinner quickly so I can sit down and do it. But actually, because it's so much like a webinar, I'm really glad that they are just recording them so that I can, and I plan to sit down and watch them at some point mm. when it's yeah. more convenient. Because to be honest, I just found like the live chat actually just, just distracting. Like it's great at events, but actually when you're tr- really trying to focus in the way that mm. when you're at a webinar, I don't yeah. know that the live chat was helpful. No, not with that many people. Mm. And it's not, it's not really a criticism of it. It's, no, no. you know it was still it's still fantastic in the in the last season and really looking forward to rejoining it but i'm quite glad that this time it they've taken the feedback on board and you can hopefully use it more as a 
I'm going to use it how I want to on my terms rather than um, mm. rather than have to put up, as you say, with things like that if you don't want to. Yeah, I think I will start hiding the chat like the next one's tomorrow as we record it because, yeah, I've just been very excited to see the names coming up. I'm like, oh, Faye Roberts is here. Rick Dove is here. Brilliant. <laughs> like, Wait, no, that's not that's not helping me do <laughs> Um, but um on the on the inspired front um insight has been continuing once a month uh mm-hmm. by yours truly and the last few acts we've had we've had a day a day a day in july nice. live winter in august and malika kigode um oh. in september and actually malika's one was the one where i think partly just like i've had enough time to process stuff as well but i found myself script <laughs> in the pauses when i wasn't hosting scribbling ideas scribbling down stuff, yeah. ages, um, and was excellent yeah. if hannah um, hasn't written on her arm by the end of a poetry night like it wasn't really a great poetry night like yeah, <laughs> i have i have once in a while walked back with kind of just by row all down oh there's a sonnet on my elbow <laughs> i mean it's never going to be that but anyway um yeah and and i've done a few weird gigs which have been very like I've heard lovely things back from them, but they've been in the webinar format. Hmm. And I'm in my room. <laughs> and mm. when you can't hear the people and it's been, for some reason, I now have a working relationship with a specific hospital in Cambridge. As you do. But their mental health and or queer staff network stuff. Don't know. <laughs> um but i've done a few things with them which have gone down really well but they've been primarily for an audience of non-poets um okay. primarily for a staff network okay. of which one or two members of staff will be sharing their own stuff oh. and then there's me coming in as the one outsider and yeah they've they've all gone down really well but it's also been very very strange not mm. having the audience feedback, let alone that it's this niche group of people who do know each other, but I'm not there in the room. Yeah. So, yeah. And the how, NHS will oh. you in a postal check, it turns out. Ooh. How how retro. <laughs> I mean, I should I should probably donate that. I will. Let me get on with that. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, yeah. what have you been up to? Um, so it's been a while, hasn't it, guys? We haven't recorded since May, which is crazy. Mm. Um, I mean, I guess the big thing, as Rebecca already touched on, was running Dead Darling Sessions last month, the month yeah, before yeah. by the time this, this comes out, because we took a break, guys. We, we had a month off. We were on a break. Um, this is hilarious. I know. <laughs> we were out to lunch. It was great. Um, yeah, that was a lot of fun running the, sessions wasn't it um mm. it was nice to hear some of the ones i didn't get to attend back as well so um that was nice to finally be able to say yeah we did that we did that fringe thing that we were going to do for we a while did. so that was exciting um yeah the return of live events in whatever forms they've taken which has been a bit of a mixed bag so far some of them have been more sort of pilot gigs and some of them have been just like they always have been has been mm. great i think um it was yeah it's just been interesting to see the different approaches that people are taking and the new considerations that we all have to be taking into account whether that's you know covid safety rules or um as we all know now having gone to spoken word gigs the emerging challenge of how do you deal when 
somebody gets on the mic and wants to ask why people are wearing masks and that's an interesting new challenge that we're being presented with as promoters I think um that we need to grapple with but uh it's good um Mm. we also had Tina Setterholm's book launch um Mm. that me and Rebecca went to in Q bookshop it was was very lovely it was it was lovely and I got a I had a nice chat with the guy who runs Q bookshop his name is Andy um, and he's asked us to say on the podcast that anytime we we have a book that we mention, they can probably get it. So if you <laughs> want to support an independent bookshop, Q Bookshop is an independent bookshop that you can support by buying any of the books that we um, mention on the podcast through their website. If you contact them, they'll probably get it in for you. Um, so that's nice. Um, I've also, which is a bit of a weird one, I've applied for Barbican Young Poets, guys. Um which no is strange. So, yeah, uh, yeah, no, no offense, but aren't you a little old for Barbican Young Poets? The age upper age limit is now thirty. I'm thirty, so I've applied for Barbican Young Poets. Oh, fuck me. It's like thirteen A coming in when I'm fifteen. Fuck this noise. I know. <laughs> I know, man. Sorry, that's excellent news, Laurie. Fingers crossed. <laughs> Congratulations. We're I've got to go in on so Monday. Excited. For, um, I've got to go in on Monday for a recruitment evening to find out if I'm actually going to be able to do it. But um, yeah, I was just like, I'm misreading this, right? 30, but yeah. no. So I've oh, applied. Fingers crossed. That's very <laughs> Might cool. as well. I know. Sorry, I didn't mention it to you guys, but I saw. What you got there was... was our unfiltered, unrehearsed <laughs> reaction there. And it I know. Wasn't... Well, it didn't reflect well on us, probably. It's stupid. It, no, it, it's not. No. <laughs> I mean, I never so, thought I'd get to do it because I always the <laughs> age limit has been twenty five, twenty six. So yeah, yeah. Um, well, obviously, there should be more opportunities for people who are older. Damn it! So then we can mm-hmm. be nice to our friends. Uh, <laughs> then we can be nice to our friends. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, no, that is really awesome. Let us know how you get on because that's going to be very cool. Yeah, I don't know if it's going to. I don't know where it's going to go, but either way, doing some form of a workshop on Monday with it as a trial thing. So that'll be exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah that's me how about our mystery guest how what's yes. your month been like mystery yes not month three months four months yeah, however long like, it's been. have you been back to live events <laughs> well kind of um i've done a uh, i did my show in guildford um a couple of months ago that was really fun that was like the first actual proper gig for ages and i've done a couple of outside gigs as well in mm-hmm. festivals and things like that so it's it's kind of getting back to normal but um it's um, not not just yet down here in Devon. Things are a bit slower by the sound of it. We've got oh yeah, we do have taking the mic in Exeter, run by the wonderful Tim King. So that's that's been going for a couple of months now. So mm. that's a, I think that's about the only thing that's running down here at the moment. It's uh, still pretty quiet at the moment, unfortunately. Yeah, things are taking their time, and that's probably for the best, to be honest. All right. So yeah, shall we do an interview? Let's do an interview and introduce our mystery guest. This month's interview is with Robert Garnham. Robert Garnham has been performing LGBT comedy poetry around the UK for 10 years at various fringes and festivals and has had three collections published by Burning Eye. He has won slams in places such as London, Edinburgh and Swindon and has headlined or featured at events such as Bang Said the Gun, Raise the Bar and Milk and in 2019 was the Hammer and Tongue featured artist for a tour of the UK. He has supported artists such as John Hegley, Arthur Smith and Paul Simmer. He has made a few short TV adverts uh, for a certain bank, 
and a joke from one of his shows was listed as one of the funniest of the 2017 Edinburgh Fringe. In 2021, he was nominated as Spoken Word Artist of the Year by the Saboteur Awards. His influences are diverse and include Ivor Cutler, Selena Godden, Bob Newhart and Laurie Anderson. I feel like we're going to have to ask for the joke straight up there, Robert. What was, <laughs> what was the, the joke at the 2017 French? Well, it was just a throwaway bit of linking material before I did um, a short poem. So um, I would pre- I'd start by pretending that I couldn't sleep at night because um, I suffer from insomnia. Insomnia is a terrible thing. But on the plus side, there's only three more sleeps till Christmas. That was the joke. <laughs> <laughs> and I go into and then I carry on and do something. And then um, that ended up being, you know, more noteworthy than the actual poem that it it introduced so <laughs> your b-side <laughs> material is the best of the fringe that's yeah. amazing yeah the segue is where it's looking at it. yeah. <laughs> we usually ask our guests to start with a poem but actually we've started with a joke this time do you what would you like to do as a poem anyway i can do yeah i mean um let me see i can i, I can do this one for you um i don't know hannah will probably shout out something because it is brand new never been heard before there we go there we go (laughs) Um, it's it's called poem and it goes exactly like this i stepped into a tropical bar simon reeve was there in a slow dance and i lost myself to his floppy fringe whose sweat soaked flappy fronds with Tickle my blushing cheeks, whose stubble scraped at the twilight skies like a cat's claws on anaglypta, whose come-to-bed eyes betrayed none of the entitlement of his classical features, but a yearning for a sweetness so virile that he could have been a treacle tart, and I ached, how I ached to be the custard <laughs> Backpack merely decorative, naive tone, a faux through, poor man's palin, cargo trousered doyen of sand dunes and jungle trains, no armchair droner, he, riven with revisms, river crossings, barrier reef rovings, now gyrating for my pleasure in the aptly named club. Flamingo, <laughs> Simon Reeve, whose dimpled smile hauls in the night like a titicata net lobber, whose unblemished skin betrays the goodness of various restorative ungents, whose manly chin is jutted like the bulbous bow of a speeding shinkarsen and probably twice as purposeful, whose sensitive eyebrows are seldom parabolic, yet neither do they quiver in tents, for Reevesy is an empathic soul whose backpack is admittedly superfluous, whose torso is Michelangelian in its sculpted accommodation of his lean yet muscular frame on whose bounty I would willingly consume a quadruple decker cheeseburger dipping a chip in a reservoir of mayonnaise stored for convenience sake in his belly button action man for aunties secret poet banging sand out of his boots earnest and eager though neither 
over with either mortal enemy of Professor Brian Cox, no world-weary wicker he, but a clamorous compassion and the kind of face that would make even Vladimir Putin contemplate a five-minute fumble in the broom cupboard. Simon Reeve, whose tousled locks hold within their definitely undyed verdantness, a vitality that would put Dwayne the Rock Johnson to shame, whose rich, deep Colombian coffee-coloured eyes might penetrate X-ray-like beneath the layers so effectively as to pass right through the Earth's core every time he bends down to pat a puppy, whose nostrils hardly flare whose afterthought goatee clings on like a countryside hilltop copse stunted by the choking emissions from a nearby pig farm, yet in whose branches barn owls berate the night with their haunted warbling, whose luscious lips have tempted many a plastic surgeon to bemoan the artifice of their own creations, and now before his delicate tongue moistened plumpness whose sturdy shoulders in their perfect powerful parallelogrammatic precision would easily raise a live rhinoceros clear out of a serengeti mud hole into which it had stumbled probably distracted by the beauty of simon reeve's face in the first place <laughs> and i simon reeve i am that rhinoceros and this ain't no mud hole, it's the club flamingo, and our song has now ended, and our dance has now ended, and you've picked up your backpack, which definitely doesn't contain just a couple of pillows to make it look full for the cameras, and off you go. Oh. <laughs> wow. wow. So that was a world the dead, dead darling's first trap podcast. Wow, yeah. I've had to look up Google Images while we. Yeah, no, fair, fair play. <laughs> I have a, I have an important question, Robert, which okay. is, in the Robert Garnham cinematic universe, the mm -hmm. moon is called Simon. Is yeah. the moon called Simon? Simon Reeves or a different? Are they the same Simon? <laughs> no, What's the law? Simons. They are they, different they, Simons. They, they're different Simons, although the moon might be named after Simon Reeve. Who knows? Oh, okay. Right. In poetry, anything. Time is folding in on itself right here, right now. So it's possible. <laughs> so, possible. so can I ask about the, the Robert Garnham expanded cinematic universe? <laughs> <laughs> Robert has a poem where the moon is called Simon. So, ah. so it's quite, a, quite an intense poem about how the moon is actually called Simon. It is very intense, yes. It has caused many a person to shed a tear, I tell you. It's called Poem, that one. It's called Poem, yes. So, so just we like to start by asking people, how did they get into poetry? What is their poetry origin story? Uh, well, to be honest, it is a wonder I ever got into poetry at all because culture wasn't a very big thing at school, when, where I went to school. In fact, the school motto was See Momentum Pumpus Maximus, which roughly translates as If It Moves, Hump It. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> uh, 
And, um... and you said there wasn't culture around? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, I mean, my parents weren't artistic people. Um, I didn't come from an artistic background. In fact, they, my parents were both lighthouse keepers and they, they uh, fell in oh, love. Wow. They had lighthouses either side of a, um, a cove down no. on the Dorset coast. Yeah, and they they For met real? by flashing yeah Morse, they flashed morse code to each other oh at God. night by holding <laughs> up you know blankets in front of the lens um it I was a very a long character talk. in a fairy tale this is I know, amazing yeah, but, i've read this children's uh, book yeah it's, it's like something like Erin Mer- morgenstern or something <laughs> like <laughs> wow but okay it, it, it all it all ended sadly because a bulk carrier carrying a container of um farting gnomes beached on the local reef so even now the um, prolonged fart from a gnome can put my mum in a, a teary frame of mind but, <laughs> but yeah I didn't come from an artistic background so um, I took um, I, I, when I left college I, I didn't really have much in the way of uh, qualifications so I moved to Devon with my parents and I took night school doing A-levels and I did mm-hmm. open university for seven years while working during the day. And then I did distance learning um, MA while also mm-hmm. working during the day. So I'm a, officially qualified to run a museum. <laughs> and Amazing. when all that was done, that was like 15 years of my life was just gone. And I thought I need to see some culture. So the only trouble with that is I live in Torbay. And the only thing that was on was a night of performance poetry, which I had no idea what that was. So you, had, you, you were along. forced into it. Yeah, I went along. <laughs> and I thought, you know what, I could probably have a go at this. And um, I asked the host, is it possible to have a slot next month? And he said, yes. And uh, <laughs> I went home and I thought, that means I've got to write something now. I didn't have anything <laughs> to read out. But yeah, it was. it just started. That's how it started. I went the next month and read out a poem I had a piece of paper and my hands were shaking and the paper was covering my face so nobody could see me but they all laughed at the right places so um it just became intoxicating after that I just just had to get into it so yeah it kind of ballooned from there really so that's how it started and it all started with flashing lighthouses that's yes yeah a long time the equivalent of sexting in those times I guess it was it's either that or semaphore (laughs) <laughs> mm-hmm. was the gnomes real i don't i don't know where like was that an artistic the... flourish or... yeah <laughs> i feel it like presumably been, yes but i do have to ask because it all seems so un it was, it was very it was yeah it's every every couple has their own backstory of how they met and i suppose this is no different to anyone else's really wow so when did the Professor of Whimsy moniker come about? So hmm. you, but is, <laughs> is there an actual known... PhD? I mean, I know quite a few. Weird... You claim to be a Professor of Whimsy. Yeah. Are you a it's, professor? It's just an honorary title, really, from the <laughs> University of <sighs> Paynton. But um, no, I, there, there, there is no academic title involved, unfortunately. <laughs> but um, I, I do take the Whimsy very seriously. Why? Why is whimsy important then? <laughs> for for our listeners, Robert has a very good uh, red nose that yeah. is occasionally turning up on the Zoom call. <laughs> <laughs> oh, whimsy! Why is whimsy important? I don't. I, to be honest, it's um, when I first started performance poetry way back in the mists of time. 
in the year 2009, which I believe was the same year Hannah started. Yeah. The show. I've been listening to the other podcast. <laughs> um, and me. There we go. Uh-huh. And, and Laurie as well. Wow. Um, it's, I don't know if Devon's behind the times, but it was very much a cabaret atmosphere and it was like 90 to 95% comedy hmm. poetry and everybody had their own like name that they use, stage name, or most of them had a stage name. So I I was very boring and I started out calling myself Robert Garnham, which is my name, and then it I just couldn't <laughs> change it. So I just added the Professor of Whimsy just to give myself <laughs> a bit of a character at the time, really. So yeah, so. it's just, you know, I think it, I think I was sitting on the loo at the time and I thought, aha. That's it. <laughs> that like down. all the best stage names, David Bowie, Ringo Starr, they were all sitting on, all the on the loo when it came in. Yeah. yeah. You can get some serious thinking done. Okay. <laughs> and on, on the subject of serious thinking, what is the sort of strongest title you've come up with for one of your pieces? <laughs> well, as you know, most of them are called poems. So it does make the contents page of my books problematic. <laughs> Editors must love you. But they're not oh, all called poem, yeah. right? There no, are. I've, no. I've seen your I've seen your title pages, and it's poem, 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 and then one with a title, and then poem, 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 poem. <laughs> I do. I used to struggle with titles, as you can probably tell. But um, <laughs> I think the one I the one I like the most is my show I took to Edinburgh a couple of years ago was called in the glare of the neon yak and i kind of like the poetry of that wow yeah why why did you settle on that title tell us about how you came to that (laughs) i don't know i (laughs) i have no idea where it came from it just it just arrived did it relate to um, the poem how do people put in requests (laughs) Oh, I'm usually known as the bloke who does the poem about beards. So if I go to a gig, you always get someone shout out. Yeah, they say shout, do the beard poem. So you do the beard poem. They do do the straight pub poem. So they've they've all got these like alternative titles. So yeah, um, yeah, you you get a lot of people go, oh, do poem. (laughs) So the one I've always wanted to see was one I saw you do at Bang Said the Gun. Oh, maybe oh, yeah. five or six years ago now where uh-huh. you'd finished your previous poem you had a little plastic bag on the stage and you took out a hawaiian shirt and you took out a feather boa and you took out uh-huh. a hat and you put them on yeah. and you walked up to the microphone and then you walked back from the microphone you took the hat off you took the feather <laughs> boa off you took the hawaiian shirt off you picked up your yeah. book and went opened it up and went this is a poem called the poem and i've always been just it was some something very i don't know like you did you did a poem without doing a poem what was that about (laughs) i've always wanted to wonder i've always wanted to ask you what that was all about because that kind of sits on like either it's a silly joke or it's a really deep statement about art Mm. right i don't think it was a deep statement about art but i think it was something i feel feel one could crack out an essay on that if you needed you know what i mean like four minutes and whatever like orchestra piece silence Hmm. sorry i realize i've just dissed um robert's artistic statement there i'll take that back (laughs) i'll say it might not be (laughs) (laughs) to be honest it it started by accident i used to do something with a puppet on stage and i don't know if you've seen the puppet it's a pink uh a large pink emu and um i i would 
<laughs> I would struggle to get my hand inside the emu. <laughs> and people are laughing lighter. at this. Yeah, and I, I thought, actually, I'm getting more of a laugh at this than the actual thing I'm going to lead it lead in to do with it. So um, <laughs> I just thought, if I just struggle to put a puppet on my hand for about a minute and uh, and then just do nothing at the end of it, I think that will just... So, um, yeah. But I used to... Funny you should say that, because I used to perform a five-minute poem that had no words at all. Mm-hmm. And um, I would come on stage, I'd unfold a table... Yeah. I get out a radio and tune it just to static and I put objects on the table and line them up very perfectly. Then I get out a checkered flag and a stopwatch and I <laughs> put the flag down and try and get these objects to race. <laughs> and obviously they wouldn't because they were static. Inanimate. <laughs> and I, I do this about three or four times and then I'd put the objects back in a box, fold up the table and that'll be it. That'll be the end of the my set you know (laughs) and i stopped doing this in 2012 i think it was because i was doing a gig with john hegley in um um, the canal cafe in london so Uh i came up from devon on the train (laughs) with the table (laughs) no and then came across london on the underground with a table just so i could do this and um I, I just left it after the gig. I left it at the theatre, so they probably wonder where the hell they got a table from because <laughs> I just didn't want to take it all the way back to Devon again. But um, that's when I realised you, you've really got to, you know, cut down on the props. <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting, though. It's almost like you've you when you do pieces like that, and I've seen a few other poets do them. They're all they're somewhere between poetry and like mime. It's it's mm. really weird in a good way. It's it's just an something I don't see all the time and I like I like it when I see something like that and I've seen you do things like use a salad spinner to make the train noise for a poem all about how you couldn't hear people having a deep conversation on the train yeah yeah yeah, I wonder if you could talk a bit about that kind of ingenuity and that kind of like Mm. DIY ethos which I have seen a lot in sort of improv and comedy circles but not as much in poetry but whenever you do see it, it's always fucking amazing. So yeah, I don't know. <laughs> um, it's just um, just playing around, really. I just um, I, I I'd always thought that the salad. The first time I ever went on the Paris Metro, I was a teenager, and the first thing I thought was, "This sounds like a salad spinner," <laughs> and it just stayed with me. And then I I just saw a, a salad spinner in a shop, and I thought I can buy that. And, write a poem about Paris so that's what I did um, (laughs) the salad spinner came first and led to the poem but um, I actually I I took clowning lessons last year it was um, there's a wonderful clowning director down here in Devon called Dr Maggie Irving she's actually got a doctorate in clowning so you know I'm a fake professor but she's an actual real doctor it's better to have a doctorate in clowning than be a clown in being a doctorate. Being a doctor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You just turn up for the operation in your red nose and your massive shoes. That's Not it. good. Squeaking, squeaking off down to. But yeah, yeah, she was fantastic, and she just encouraged me to just look at objects and just play around with them and just be as silly as possible, really. So I, I recommend it. Anyone who's into performing should, you know, look into clowning as well because it certainly frees up your mind just to 
just not care what the audience thinks really <laughs> interesting <laughs> what kind of something... things did, did you learn like facial expression was one of them because this is something that i mm. need to work on and she complimented <laughs> me on my eyebrows apparently i've got really performative eyebrows wow and i say a lot with my eyebrows when i'm performing which i never even realized so um that was you can get them a long way above your glasses, actually, just mm. watching oh, uh, you now. Yeah. Like that's like, again. I wish I could do that podcast, but it is. It, it is, really translates on the podcast. Yeah. yeah, it is. It is shooting <laughs> up like it looks to me like a good few centimeters above his glasses. Yeah. Line. Like, impressive. Uh, impressive. Oh, you mean like things. in the Beano when they're uh, when they're, <laughs> yeah. when they're above your head? <laughs> I just wish I could do that thing where people have one eyebrow down and one eye up, but mm. eyebrow up, but I can't. Do the Roger that. Moore, as it's so, known, yeah. Yes, yeah, the raised eyebrow. <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, I mean, she did she didn't, she did more than just um, props and eyebrows, but yeah, I I really recommend clowning for anyone who's performed. So there you go, exclusive tip to there: work on your yeah. eyebrows, poets. <laughs> <laughs> Keep them on fleek and mobile. <laughs> and you've i've i've heard you a few times talk about um you're obviously very very good at comedy stuff but you've also got like three books published with burning eye you've done like multiple fringe shows Mm -hmm. tours but i've also heard you say more than once that you're not a real poet because you're a comedy poet um (laughs) could you talk a bit about sort of the the imposter syndrome or why why is comedy seen as less why do you see it that way well i think yeah there is a touch of imposter syndrome there because i always feel as a comedy poet i'm not a real poet in that i don't i mean i do tackle the big themes but um i think you know one of my favorite performers is joelle taylor and she was saying that Mm. always say something serious if you get the opportunity because the world's listening um and to be honest, I always write, first of all, with the idea of getting a, a laugh. I was going to say a cheap laugh, but <laughs> a laugh. You're very and then expensive. Maybe, expensive laugh. Yes, yeah. And then hopefully say something serious underneath. But So I don't see myself as a proper poet, but I also don't see myself as a comedian either because mm. I don't just do stand-up and those people can, that is a real skill which I don't have just to stand at a mic for an hour and you know just read the room and do all the things that they can do without falling back on doing a poem you know I don't know if that Mm. makes any sense but I mean Jerry Seinfeld is one of my heroes as well and he said that um, poetry is just stand up but without the laugh (laughs) (laughs) not untrue uh, yeah yeah, or without the punchline I don't know I don't necessarily agree with that but um yeah that's the way that comedians see poets and i don't know how poets see comedians but um i just find myself off doing my own thing in the middle and mm. it's really fun actually yeah i often think like that comedy is kind of riskier in that sense though that like mm. if people like if, if you're doing a poem and people aren't really feeling it it mm. you might notice on stage but it kind of sounds roughly the same from the audience whereas yeah yeah, if you're doing a comedy set and people don't laugh it is yeah 
it's you fucking know. devastating. Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. like it's, I think it's yeah. much harder to die on stage doing poetry than it is unless mm. unless somebody actively boos you off or attempts to remove you. Mm. So, like, I don't. Do, do you think of it as being a bit riskier to be try and be funny with your poetry? Well, you know, this is where I cheat a little bit. I have I've seen I've been to plenty of comedy gigs and seen comedians get really bad responses, and I do cheat by. Going up, if if I'm at a comedy gig, I'll go to the mic and say, tell them I'm a poet. And oh. then you, you see their shoulders just slump in the room. <laughs> and <laughs> invariably, you get quite a good response after mm. that. You know, it's sort of like, you just, you just lower expectations yeah. there. And then that's it. I, that's the thing I do in poetry gigs. I always, if you're headlining or, or featuring somewhere and they give you this really big you know he's the best you'll, you'll be rolling on the floor with laughter he's so mm. wonderful and then you go up to the mic and just say uh, just like everyone to please do me a favor and just lower your expectations <laughs> and I think that just um but yeah I think it is hard to get a laugh if the room's not feeling it definitely especially if you're on first <laughs> <laughs> do you ever worry about being sort of typecast as a poet um with with being a comedy poet i know a lot of poets i've mm. spoken to have kind of and you know i'm going to account myself in this to a degree because i did a funny poem a few years ago and still get people come out come up and be like mm. oh you're the guy who does that one funny poem i mean it doesn't really bother me i'm i'm quite happy that people remember me at all but like i know for some people it bothers them when they're sort of mm. you're the guy who does the the moon is simon poem or whatever it is yeah or the beard yeah. poem yeah do you feel that at all i do kind of yes and sometimes i i probably typecast myself as just doing comedy because i do i write serious poems as well and i'm friends of a matt harvey he's a wonderful performer and he just lives down mm. just down the road here in devon and um i know he just feels obliged just to do comedy poems all the time even though he does I think write serious poems yeah. as well and uh, so I, I think I I just don't feel sometimes brave enough to do a serious poem when I know people are expecting uh, a silly poem or a comedy poem or something light-hearted you know and the worst the worst bit is when you really decide you're going to do a serious poem and you <laughs> really really rehearsed it you've got it in your head you've written it as best you can and then you go to a gig and i'll say yeah don't say i know everyone there's someone who's gonna get you laughing yeah 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 <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. i'll hear something it's probably gonna be hilarious and you think oh dear <laughs> yeah yeah you know it's so... here's a poem about death or homophobia or, or some big issue mm. you know yeah. And, um, so yeah there is there is an element of typecasting there definitely yeah Cool. Tell us about yay. <laughs> That's yay. not a question. That's a, a command. Yeah. Do it over. <laughs> you will tell us about yay. Uh, well, um, yay is a, a two-pronged project, and the, um, the 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 basis of it is my new book with Burning Eye, who have um, stupidly entrusted me with a third collection, <laughs> and I decided I would write a book or put a book together in which every poem was upbeat or happy or because when I was planning it the world was such a a miserable mm. place you know you got homophobia racism yeah Donald Trump was just elected uh you know the 
government over here's pants and everything else was rubbish. So of course I put it together and then and then things got even worse. <laughs> the pandemic <laughs> yeah. and everything else. And it was just it just um seemed like a good time just to try and do something that was escapist and, and fun. Um so that came out, but to accompany it was my show, which I've also been working on since since the start of last year, really. So and it takes some of the poems from the book. It tells a story of the poets who may or may not be me in their search for <laughs> happiness after their aunt passes away and they end up on a fish factory ship as a poet in residence on a fish mm. factory ship and all kinds of hijinks on the high seas and there's a bit of seriousness in there about mental health and um, homophobia and things like that so yeah uh, the other thing is I my last show was all about tea Mm -hmm. So I performed it all over the country, all at Edinburgh and Barnstable, Guildford, you name it. Well, yeah. just Edinburgh, Barnstable, <laughs> Guildford, really. So oh, I, I know, I know, I could name those if, if forced. Yeah. <laughs> and it, it needed props. It was like a big box of props, which I was taking all around the country. A bit of, again, like me on the train with the table. And when I finished it, I thought, I just want to write a show that's just me and the mic for an hour so that's all it is it's just me the microphone and more transport the poems and the story <laughs> yeah no more transporting the tables so i'm actually really looking forward to edinburgh next year because it'll be the first time ever that it'll just be me going up with my clothes and that's it i won't have to mm -hmm. put flyers of course and i won't have to worry about these stupid props <laughs> nice uh oh yeah i wanted to ask why does Waterstones in Piccadilly have copies of Zebra, your second book, on display, out, facing outwards, and not your new book? <laughs> well, this is something you'll have to, I don't know. Maybe <laughs> maybe as, as an enclave there where Zebra is sort of like a really, you know, as, as little enclave of Zebra enthusiasts. Clearly, I because I went yeah. in and I was like, where's Robert's new book? And it was like, no, here's his second collection. <laughs> Here it is. <laughs> Out, but on display out, in the on window. Display. No, on a display wow. in the oh, of the see. shop, with, along uh, with a lot of other beautiful poetry books. And I went, wow, that's Robert's what... book. Amazing. Well, it's it's the old know, one. <laughs> I, I work in retail, so um, I know that's what you want to do when you want to shift stock that's just not going. It's, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I got hundreds of them here, actually. So um, hundreds of copies. So <laughs> now I'm joking. There but, we go. Uh, yeah, it's Piccadilly Circus, you say. Wow! Yeah, they had, they had you on display, but it was uh, it was the old book. The old book. Wow! <laughs> Just wait till they get their hands on the new one. <laughs> That's it. Yes. Yeah. And yeah, on that note, uh, so what are you working on at the moment? Um. Well, obviously, I got the show. Um. I'm I'm at the Exeter Fringe in a couple of weeks' time. See, with yes. the show. Uh, what else am I doing? Uh, oh, I've got a regular column I do in the um, uh, magazine for umbrella manufacturers. But, I mean, it doesn't have a very wide, a wide reading. It's, um, it comes out every month or, or whenever it rains, really. Uh -huh. um, it's called WUMPF, the magazine, which I thought was an acronym, but apparently it's just the sound an umbrella makes when it opens. That is amazing. Um, and I'm sure they yeah, provide could... great coverage. Uh, this this month's column is all about <laughs> it takes a gentle fun 
look at spokes. Um, mm -hmm. Oh, I'm writing a, I'm writing a sitcom. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. It's it's a bit like Detectorists, but mm -hmm. it's about council workmen who use leaf blowers in every single episode. Uh, there's not much dialogue. <laughs> um, in fact, the Lee, Lee character's catchphrase is "what." <laughs> That's kind of like his catchphrase. Yeah, it's it's, um, it's been passed. It's been You're yeah. just messing with my. I'm like, oh yeah, tell me. More. Oh, it's a punchline. <laughs> well, it's it's been passed up by Channel Four, but it's had some interest from Dave, so that's quite good. Um, he's my aunt's lodger, so there's that. Um, oh, I'm I'm starting assertiveness training because I I kind of see it as um, to be honest, I, I think I'm onto a winner because I, no one's going to be brave enough to ask for the money back. Uh, mm -hmm. But if they do, I can just tell them that it works. So <laughs> there's that. So, um, yeah, I, I think that's about it, really. Just to finish up, um, <laughs> what's one piece of advice or a prompt or tip you'd like to offer our listeners? Right. Um, I think, as you said at the preamble at the start, one of my heroes is Laurie Anderson. And she is just an amazing artist she's multimedia as you probably know so she just does mm -hmm. whatever she feels like at the time and she says just be loose just go wherever inspiration takes you and um, don't worry about labels so here's me worrying about being a comedy performance poet but I shouldn't worry if I want to do something serious or a short story or have a go at doing a bit of music you know just mm -hmm. Do whatever you feel like is her advice so yeah it's just just be loose just be creative and free and don't worry about labels or outcomes or anything so mm -hmm. i suppose that's my big advice as well really is there anything you want to plug um i can't say i, I obviously buy the book <laughs> how can <laughs> i forget the book <laughs> yay is available now from all good book retailers and waterstones um, piccadilly might have it we don't know they definitely have separate which is also them. a great collection that's it. it's available on my website which is www.professorofwhimsy.com forward slash shop forward slash yay <laughs> um professorofwhimsy.com that's where you can find it it's really hard when you're performing to plug something professorofwhimsy.com the shop and professorofwhimsy.com you can buy Yay, the book, which is mine that I've had out from Burning Eye, professorofwhimsy.com forward slash <laughs> Nice. Amazing. Uh, brilliant. Thank you so much for joining us. It's been a Thank pleasure. You. Thank you so much. This month's book is Wife by Tiffany Yannick, chosen by Hannah. So, Hannah, why did you choose this book? So um, one poem from this turned up in the Red Sky sessions and I really liked it. And so then when we were thinking about what book to pick, I went, there's an intriguing start. I'd like to see what else is in this collection. Um, and the one that we, the one that turned up in the Apples and Snakes Red Sky sessions writing workshop was the dictionary one, uh, which is on page 19, um, which has different, um, definitions of wife or wifey or to get wife which is Caribbean slang meaning to have sex um, or to to wife in a 
yeah, to get married. Um, but yeah, each each one is a different di- dictionary, not dictionary definition. Um, just interrogating the word, the concept, sort of the meanings and layers behind it. And I was like, this is interesting. Tell me more. Mm-hmm. Um, and the collection is called Wife. Um, I was surprised at how wretched <laughs> a lot of the assumptions and start points were and I should we should probably say that this is a weird time for dead darlings crew to be reviewing this because uh Rebecca got married three years ago yeah I mean I'm old news now but yes um <laughs> and me and Rebecca have oh, uh, and me and have both gotten engaged since lockdown not to each other I hasten to add um yeah, yeah. But it's, we're not at that stage yet it'd be very cute Dead sometimes in the past it's felt like that but <laughs> um but yeah it's it's a weird one to be looking at like so the the author riffs on uh frida Kahlo and diego rivera's relationship more than once which was like a famously horrible tempestuous fucked up marriage and mm-hmm. yeah i don't that was a taster of our mini book review episode the full review will be out later this month wherever you got this podcast now it's time for the notice board where we spotlight 10 or so opportunities to look out for where you can perform your work or submit it for publication and also just some stuff we think is cool hannah do you want to start uh sure so the Moth Poetry Prize is based in Ireland um, as one of the biggest prizes in the world for a single previously unpublished poem. Um, the grand prize is €6,000 and it's open to absolutely anyone over 16. Um, and the judge is Warsan Shire. Oh, uh, so, cool. yeah, there's a few there's a few money prizes. The overall winner gets €6,000 and will be um invited to a special award ceremony at the poetry island uh, festival um so if you go to mothmagazine.com you can find out more because their url does not it's get you, too long, very you won't thank us it's a series of I numbers themothmagazine.com yeah. and then go looking but um, see i tell you the irish know how to treat poets mm-hmm, mm-hmm. they really do um on that note the next one is also irish weirdly um <laughs> the gregory o'donoghue international poetry competition um which is for an original unpublished and unbroadcast poem written in english and 40 lines maximum um again these ones with the the sizable cash prizes tend to have a small entry fee but first prize is two thousand pounds and being featured reading two thousand euros Sorry, 2,000 euros, fail. Uh, and being featured, a f- doing a featured reading at Cork International Poetry Festival next year. And that closes on the 30th of November. Um, and this is not a thing with a link, but I've been watching a few things about Eisteddfod. I'm failing to pronounce it, I'm sure. Um, Welsh poetry competitions where oh my god when i was visiting a friend of mine in wrexham their local library had this just throne that was the steadford that the winning poet gets this bloody (laughs) throne i have seen crowns i have seen people it's not just it's not just poetry though it's kind of like the welsh eurovision song contest with with as well with poetry i think i wow i need to basically read my my partner is now fiance is now uh trying to learn welsh at the moment 
Um, and I basically need to uh, swat up on my Welsh and get involved because it looks like a ball. <laughs> yes, I feel like it's like camp, kitsch and poetry sort of meeting and that's... And there's all this kind of fantastic times of yore, like... I saw an Art Nouveau crown in the British Museum Celts exhibition that was what the winner won from the... Like, wow. I, I, there's, there's pageantry, there's poetry... And there's um, Art Nouveau. This was made for you, Hannah. Right. <laughs> um, I do not have anything to plug. I am I am merely enthusing. And if anyone has any good links, because I can't really work out where to get started as someone who does not speak Welsh, please drop them by me. Uh, I am Hannah Hutzber on all the platforms. Wow. Laurie, <laughs> <laughs> what? what have you got for us? The first one we've sort of already touched on, which is um, that Genesis Slam is back on the first Thursday of the month at Genesis Cinema in Stepney Green. Um, Last month, Rebecca came and slammed. I was on the scoring. Caroline Teague was doing some brilliant hosting. Um, And Robin Gurney won, which was a well-deserved win in a really tight final heat um, where Robin got a score of 29.9 out of 30. Um, so if you think you can beat that, come yep. along the first Thursday of any month. It was such a good night. Like I had, like I said, I had friends there, which is what jinxed me. But one of them, <laughs> I think, hadn't been to a poetry night before. And at the end of it, he was like, is this what they're all like? This was amazing. <laughs> no. And I was like, this is a very high standard. But a lot of them, yes. Um, yeah. Like, and genuinely, like, I've never, like, his eyes were enormous. And he was just like, like, what is this? It was properly lovely. Like, just winning souls for poetry. Um, nice. Yeah, it was great. Um, Good, he can come back. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, Hannah, have you, are you, have you got a sock next month? I do. Yay! So do I. Exciting. Nice. Laurie, do you have one or are you timing again? I think I'll probably be timing again. I should ask Caroline, actually. I think, I think so. I think I've just kind of semi-agreed to just do it now. So, um, cool. The creatively named national poetry competition which is a national poetry competition in fact it's the national poetry competition is open for entries for any unpublished poem of up to 40 lines for any poem poet for any poet aged 18 plus first prize is five thousand pounds and the judges are fiona benson who wrote vertigo and ghost which is already interesting collection david constantine who i'm not aware of and rachel long who wrote my darlings from the Li- my darling from the lions which we reviewed a couple of months ago you can find out more information at mpc.poetrysociety.org.uk and the deadline is 31st of october and finally derby poetry festival is running on the 7th to 10th of october across derby with performances workshops slams and talks including past guest camille mccauley who was on the dead darling sessions last month oh, and wow. leanne moden who we've had on in the main show just search derby poetry festival for more info in a moment, we're going to have a poem from Hannah Gordon to play us out. But before we do that, anything you guys want to plug? You can find me on Facebook and Instagram at Laurie Eves Poet or on Twitter at Mr. Leaves. My book Biceps is out on Burning Eye Books or in brick red cassette form on Buried Vinyl. I've still got a few copies of that if you want to pick one up. You can pick up both versions from my website, which is laurieeves.com, L-A-U-R-I-E-E-A-V-E-S.com and stream the audio version of that book wherever you stream audio. Hannah? Uh, you can find me as Hannah Hutzber or Hannah underscore Hutzber or Hannah dot Hutzber. Just, just look right <laughs> One of them. One of the 
varies from place to place. Um, on, on the various uh, socials, uh, I have a book called Permeable, which is out with Burning Eye Books. Um, I they I they published me long enough ago that I think you have to come to me for a copy. Uh, so get in touch. Slash, I'm setting up my online store. I've been about to set that up for ages. Um, I'm also. The I most- am going to do a quick. I am going to do a quick plug for Hannah's book because I have given it to friends at various points. And they're like, "Oh, this is my life right now." <laughs> like genuinely, people just being like, "Oh, she's written my life down." So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> A wince of sympathy there from Hannah. Yeah. And it's like, it's my life. I'm the only person who bumped into the birthday, birthday cake man. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's a mix of uh, uplifting, but also a slice of millennial life for people's insecure housing, insecure jobs, and all the rest of that jazz. And a slice of cake in the birthday, birthday cake. cake. A slice of cake in the book. Um, and not physically Anna, you don't get a slice of cake when you order a copy of the book it doesn't come with it mushed in the pages but if you that do i will bake well. cake and give you cake next time i see you nice that's yeah. a deal buy yeah. a copy of hannah's book and rebecca will bake you a slice of cake i, I won't post it though you will have to come see me at some point <laughs> Amazing. Um, I'm also the host of Insight LGBTQ Plus Night. Uh, straight allies are extremely welcome in the audience. The mic is for us, but it's actually a great act of allyship and solidarity to come listen here, find out more. And that is every month running on Zoom. The next one is on the 13th of, yeah, the 13th of October. Look up N- Insight Poetry uh, on Facebook for that. You can find me on Twitter at Rebecca K. Cooney, on Instagram as at any name but Becky, and my website is rebecca.cooney.wordpress.com. I tell you, that's the other thing I did this month. I joined TikTok because oh, I wrote about it for what? work, and I feel about a million years old. But guys, can confirm not only are the kids all right, the kids are super fucking talented. There is wow. so much like good content on there. I haven't found so much good poetry content on there. So if you're on TikTok, hit me up i'm just at rebecca k cooney same as twitter um yeah uh i'm having fun with it and probably will start putting some poems on there at some point but haven't yet um yeah. uh so you can also find the podcast on twitter and instagram at dead darlings pod uh facebook as dead darlings podcast and you can email us at dead darlings podcast at gmail.com if you like what you heard please remember to rate review and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and i believe particularly apple podcasts is very good for algorithms and so forth so yes if, if you have time if you want to rate the, the podcast rate individual episodes please do feel free it will help us spread the word so uh, this month's, uh, as we mentioned, this month's poem of the month is uh, by the wonderful Hannah Gordon, host of Spoken Word London, former guest on Dead Darlings and all round wonderful human being. And yeah, this poem is a tribute to another all round wonderful human being who I know regular listeners on the podcast will be aware we've mentioned before, uh, Dee McKee, who was um, a, just a wonderful bloke and he is no longer with us as a result of COVID. So um yeah. yeah we wanted to share this poem because we all heard it at the spoken word london pilot gig that we all went to and for us it was a really important gig i think to mm. to be in that space again and to have hannah say some brilliant words about dean and and pay tribute to him and it meant a lot to us so we wanted to specifically ask hannah to share that poem with us this month and I think we're all very glad that she said yes. Yeah, it is a, uh, a 
a lovely tribute to um and and the night that we had uh, at, at spoken word london it was there was actually a bit where hannah played audio of hmm. dean performing at a spoken word london gig and we all sat and looked at this empty stage at the space that he should be filling listening to his amazing words and it was it it, it, it was a beautiful tribute and yeah yeah. So, Fantastic. yeah, before we share Hannah's poem with you, I, I just wanted to say thank you to her for letting us showcase her work. Um, thank you to my co-host, Lauren Hannah, to Texas Radio for our theme music and to you guys for listening. Bye. Bye. Arms for Dean McKee. The way Dean spoke to me was with big arms. Tattooed for his family and QPR arms, he had cool arms, calm arms, soft palms, grunt of a good poem charm arms, held the room in his jubilee arms. He had these strong arms that wanted to break that unforgiving cycle, they enveloped in hugs but threatened fists, those arms I miss, I wish they could see my sorry arms. Hold me and tell me they mean me no harm arms. His arms were the best. I want them with me on a rest. I think about them on the Jubilee line. I want that overground Dalston back to bush arm to arm time. I would tell those arms again and again. I loved your arms. I miss your arms.